airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We are going to turn to Sherry B uh, to help us get our guests on in the second segment of the show as we continue to tell you about the wonderful ministry of Preborn and invite you to partner with this ministry. Uh, 100% of -hmm. your financial support uh, during this time uh, goes directly to Preborn. That's right. So we'll talk a little bit about that in the second segment. Mm -hmm. Let me just kind of harken back um, in this segment to what we were talking about yesterday, where we are encouraging the body to brace for impact. Yes. Well, the great, I was reading the story that you sent the article that you sent um, coming from the national association of realtors. Yeah. You see, (laughs) (laughs) it's not stopping. Like it's, this stuff is, Oh man, I'm telling you, but you know, here's the thing. And and just so that our listeners are kind of up to speed here, uh, I'll just read you a little bit of the article. Um, listen very carefully to the wording (laughs) of the article, because that is something that should grab your attention. Um, but, but here we go. In a shocking social policy move, the national association of realtors has amended its professional ethics code, to ban certain kinds of speech from its 1.4 million members. The move caused one expert to declare the dam has broken. Hmm. Now we are saying brace for impact, but I guess if there's a flood of water coming, yeah, there's probably an impact. So I guess this, <laughs> an, yeah. this analogy works or this illustration, however you want to call it, this, this all works together. In other words, what everyone is sensing is that if you have any view that is going to be counter to the prevailing view of the day, um, which is that <laughs> there really can't be a prevailing view. Mm. Like, the, you know what I mean? It's it's sort of like, it, it's it's weird in a sense because they say there can't be an absolute truth mm-hmm. or they can't, there can't be absolute truth, but that even is like an absolute statement to make. And they do it all the time, even when they don't say it in that way. But they're saying that you can't have these convictions um, unless you have our convictions. Right. Which, by definition, you can't give someone their convictions, right? right? I mean, these are things that come from within. So anyway, but here we go. Um, The National Association of Realtors, the nation's largest trade organization, enacted a policy change which makes it a violation for realtors. Now, listen very carefully to this, people. All right? Listen very carefully. The National Association of Realtors, the nation's largest trade organization, enacted a policy change which makes it a violation for realtors to use harassing or hate speech against any quote unquote protected class. Okay. Mm -hmm. Article 10 of the policy defines the protected class. Watch this as based on race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, sexual orientation, and gender identity. (laughs) Now, that's really interesting because what the National Association of Realtors is saying is that even in your private capacity, if you say something 
that is, you know, injurious of this protected class, Mm -hmm. you could be expelled from our association and be fined up to (laughs) $15,000. Now, the thing that concerns me about that is not that they say, you know, if you've got public communication, here is, this is our position. This is, this is what we're saying. You know that, no, it's in, even in your private capacity, all right. So this this what could be defined and would rightly be defined as a sweeping prohibition. Yeah. All right. Applies to association members 24 seven. And it covers all <laughs> communication, private and professional. Mm-hmm. Watch this written and spoken online and off. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Now, you know, there's some again, and I always I, I'm like, maybe maybe we just all get it at the same time. And, and so what I do is unnecessary. OK, maybe we all just get it. Maybe maybe so. Right. Um, but just just in the event that maybe maybe we don't all just get it, you know, and maybe what I do is a little bit necessary. <laughs> let me just say this. OK, um, the reason this is problematic is not because, you know, there are so many of us listening who are members of the National Association <laughs> right. of Realtors. OK, right. right because we're not. Right. I mean, right. you know, OK. I mean, they got it. They got a chunk of people, 1.4 million. Right. But because this reveals ultimately where people in our country want to go. Yep. It's not just about the work you do. Remember, we have we have blazed far past tolerance. This is not about having sort of a common presentation where we bear with each other, where we seek to understand. No, this is controlling thought. Mm-hmm. This is controlling speech. Mm-hmm. This is even controlling conviction. Now, let me ask you this. What yeah. about realtors who are part of this, who are Christians, who are pastors even? Yeah. And they may want to preach Romans chapter one. Oh, and say, come you know, on, Will. Like, oh, goodness. What of I had not even our brothers and that. sisters in Christ who are realtors? There are they many. tell the truth. They have to tell the truth. And there are so, some who are pastors and, and leaders within right. the church. They're going to be teaching in what, that's right. what of them? And even if not, even if even if you're not a pastor, but yeah. I, I, I understand the point you're making. Yeah. Man, I mean, yeah. it's just this I mean, grieves me. Yeah. But even just think think of the, the laity. Right. So yeah. even if you are, you sure. know, maybe you just minister at your church and you're not a pastor. Yeah. But you've got to tell the truth about what the word of exactly. God says. Right. Yeah. Or just think about this just as a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> no more so day, day to day. You know, what I'm saying? Exactly being right. You know, in Christ and having to stand up for the truth. If you say something, write something, whatever it may be, social media, (laughs) you're a realtor, you just are are offline or offline. You're subject to this. That's it. So that means in my communication, that means if I'm talking to you and I say, you know, um, you know, marriage is a picture of Christ in the church and, you know, male and female, this is God's design. And guess what? You know what this creates? This creates um, these sort of like (laughs) this creates reporters. Hmm. Right. Where people are like, oh, you know, I was talking to so and so and so and so said this and I'm going to report them. Mm-hmm. Right, because you think about how the oh, only yeah. way that this works, you know, in the private capacity that people exist in yeah. is if people report them that's, in that private capacity. Look, that's how it works. I I saw on the BLM website where they say if you hear anybody speaking. Yes. Or saying anything. Right. You know, objection uh, in objection to BLM, misinformation. Please let yeah. us know. And uh-huh. it had a link That's where right. you can inform them. Like, yeah, and, um, this stuff is 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 crazy. It's Man, crazy. I'm telling you. So, uh, he, this is Miki Addison's <laughs> thought. Okay, mm-hmm. I and we already say that we give the disclaimer at the end, but let me say that right here, right now. Okay, so in in my own personal opinion, right, I think that we have to reach the point 
where because there's a large number of people in this country who identify as Christians. Yeah, there's a large number. Right. The problem is that it's been sort of like the mashed potato kind Mm. that, you know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Like the soft, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the soft ones. Okay. Um, So, so (laughs) the steak ones need to stand up. (laughs) All right. And, and need to say, um, then you can have your association. Mm. And then other Christians need to say, I will choose a realtor, right? Who is true to his or her convictions. <laughs> In other words, why not? Why can't you render that association like just like, you know, unnecessary? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, may, and I know that that's probably way overly simplistic. And people are like, no, that those things just can't be done. Why? 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 Because mashed potatoes. Because mashed potatoes. Why can't you just say, you know what? Then you take your, you think you have strength of numbers because you got 1.4 mil. What, well, what if we start leaving because we're saying you're not going to control our speech in our off time? You're not going to tell me what I can teach my kids. Because remember, if you're a mom and this is your job, you're a realtor, right? You're a real mm-hmm. estate agent and this is your job. You're a mom. You can't tell your kids about God's design for human sexuality or sexual identity. Why? Because 15,000 and, you know, being expelled. So so at some point, either you're going to have to do it or it's going to be done for you or you're going to be found moving the line. And again, remember, so so what happens then is that you pass on a type of gospel, which remember, Paul told the Galatians, mm-hmm. there's not another one. So you're going to be passing on a type of gospel that doesn't talk about this. You'll be talking you're going to be passing on a gospel that can't start in Genesis. The gospel starts in Genesis. The message the gospel, what will happen for mankind, the fall, why Jesus is necessary, begins in Genesis. And it just so happens that also in Genesis, the creation account is housed, which says that God made male and female, and in his image, he made them. That these two, created in the image of God, come together and become one flesh. The first social institution we have. And so you, you can't teach your kids that. Why? Because fined or expelled. That's one institution. But let's not also forget. And man, this is this is why we've been covering these things and, and talking about this. When we did the whole show, we talked about the corporate equality index for, for all these corporations. Mm-hmm. You've got to get in line. Mm-hmm. And then we I was I was on Abe's show last month. I want to say it was. And we were talking about what I call the corporate equality index for schools where the human rights campaign posted its goals for the Biden administration. <laughs> it's called a blueprint for positive change. It included dozens of objectives for the Biden white house. But the thing that should concerns us most was it's targeting of Christian institutions. Yeah. Hey, you know, look, if these, if these institutions want to be accredited, we should have some agreed upon positions. And if these institutions, if these schools want to be accredited, man, you know, maybe they need to all say what we're saying about human sexuality. They can't just hide behind Christian conviction. Maybe if they want to be accredited, that's they are not playing. <laughs> they are not playing um, Candyland. <laughs> right. With us. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And and for some reason, we keep missing this because we are anticipating where they are in that moment mm-hmm. and not thinking long game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's chess for them. Right. 
for us, we're like, got any sevens? And I think as Christians, we got to understand that this ultimately has this uh, ending. Uh, I say ending <laughs> right at the, the foot of the church. Like well, this, well, yeah. this stuff. I mean, for you know, sure. you might say, well, I'm not a realtor. I'm not this. <laughs> I'm not, you know, man, it, 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 it won't stop here. It's no, this is advancing. No. It's no, marching this forward. Is, this is a part of punishing the wicked. This right. Is, this exactly. is your school will lose its <laughs> exactly. accreditation. You know, this is I mean, and, and <laughs> in the terms eyes, that's and what it is. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's it's anyone who disagrees with us, anyone who dares to go against, um, you know, what we have set as normal. Uh, you will pay for this. You will be punished. And it's amazing that they use these spiritual terms. There was another article um, and we, we kind of had this article here. We didn't discuss it, but there was another article um, ahead of the, the runoff in Georgia where um, Warnock was saying that Americans must repent for backing Trump and the worship of whiteness. Yeah. It's amazing the terminology that gets kind of batted about. <laughs> you know, it's it's all spiritual in nature, but really they have no understanding of the spiritual mm. uh, concepts that they're trying to, you know, um, put forth. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know. In, in my mind, and this may be, I am, I am not, and, you know, I pray about these things. I really do. Well, I was telling you this the other day. I pray about these things because I'm not I'm not a needy person, you know, and mm-hmm. I know that God has built us to be in community. So I pray about that. I pray to be able to, you know, be <laughs> actively involved and connected in the body of Christ because we're yeah. supposed to be together. But, you know, there's a there's a difference between being involved and being actively connected and being needy. And I'm not I'm just not naturally a needy person. Mm-hmm. Right. Naturally, I tend to be a little more independent. I don't I'm not like. You know, I don't own people. I don't, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. you know what needy people do. Right. And so when I see things like this, the not neediness <laughs> in me, is just like, and, and maybe I don't know, maybe I don't understand how this all works, but I'm like, leave the association. <laughs> right. Leave it. Do you need it? Do right. you need it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like why, you know, man, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that the Christians today are of the same metal of the Christians like before. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if we have that same like, hey, we we used to have it. Mm. You know, where you say, well, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna do my own thing. We'll we'll do our own thing. We'll do business among ourselves. Right? You know, mm-hmm. we'll we will we don't need your association. If you wanna if you're gonna try to silence us to affiliate with you, then we won't affiliate. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe there's just something I don't understand and I'm sure we'll get some emails about it telling Mika what she doesn't understand. <laughs> Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Brace for impact. We're here, but we're prepared. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Aaron the Addison's on American <laughs> Family Radio. Um, that's a good one, Will. I, I like I like yeah, that. I like that's that. really nice. Great um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Kristen Gray with Mender of Broken Hearts. That's a great cover. 
great cover. Yeah. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and she's helped us get our guest on. Before we do that, uh, we're talking about the Ministry of Preborn. Um, I want to refer to this article again. We kind of alluded to this, but just to set us up for the conversation, and then we'll um, we'll kind of start big picture, and then kind of work our way back to the United States of America in particular. Over 42 million abortions occurred in 2020. Hmm. Over 42 million abor- abortions occurred in 2020, far surpa- surpassing the totals of people who perished as a result of the world's leading causes of death. Mm. Now, you think about that and you think about um, during the time that we were talking about what services are essential and uh, talking about, you know, what we need to shut down mm-hmm. and what needs to stay open. Yeah. And and really this conversation all around the world, not just in the United States of America, but all right. around the world. You know, we are countries we're watching each other to see how are they navigating uh, the coronavirus? Like, yeah. how are they dealing with it? But in the midst of all of this, we found space and time and I don't know, I guess the rights, protective measures, although there is one in this equation all the time who was not protected, right, mm. to be able mm. to murder babies. Yeah. I mean, just unbelievable, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, so let's turn our attention to the Ministry of Preborn, which um, when you think about it, put in perspective, becomes um, way more important than we might even imagine. Uh, Joyce M. Bartholomew joins us today to help us talk about the Ministry of Preborn. Joyce, I'm just going to read your bio, Joyce, because I think it's beautifully written, is a worshiper of Jesus. What a great way to start off, right? (laughs) Joyce is a worshiper of Jesus, mother and wife, singer and songwriter, and um, her newly released songs from The Deep, uh, is the title of that album. And so that's really cool. I mm-hmm. guess we could talk a little bit about that as well. Um, movie executive producer at Blaze Productions, volunteer spokesperson and opening artist for Preborn. Um, Joyce, let's talk a little bit about this ministry and why it's so vital um, that now more than ever, Christians are mobilized to help save lives. Well, um, we're a compassion, the compassion arm of the pro-life movement. Um, and so we're kind of grassroots right at the pregnancy centers, helping them provide free ultrasounds for them, ultrasound machines. Uh, if When we can get those, they ha- we have a huge wait list for those. And we're just doing that because we want to impact them, A, for the gospel, because mm-hmm. we lead the nation in, um, in saving women and leading them to Christ, and then which will impact our culture, but also providing these free ultrasounds, which... When they see the baby or hear the heartbeat, they choose life 80% of the time versus 40% of the time without the ultrasound machine, which is more tangible. Mm. And so this is what we need the people to help us with because it's not, we're not publicly funded. It's all private donors like the listeners listening today. Mm-hmm. Man, and this is so important. This is where Christians have an opportunity to do something with the grief that often turns to outrage that we feel mm-hmm. when we think about babies being aborted on a regular basis. Um, over 860,000 abort- abortions are performed in the U.S. every year. Um, man, this is, this is astronomical when we think about this, not as I think the world around us wants us to think about it, or let me say people who, who hate God want us to think about it as a, a procedure, But when we think about um, the murder of babies, this becomes astronomical. And when a a mom has an opportunity to see her baby, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's something emotional and spiritual. They connect 
when they hear the heartbeat mm -hmm. or see the image of this tiny mm -hmm. human being that's their own child. Yeah. And it's, you know, often they break down in tears saying they, this is my baby or something of that effect. And it's so powerful that people have tried and fought against uh, the, pre the pregnancy centers having ultrasounds saying, mm -hmm. oh, it's dangerous, <laughs> you know, to the baby to do the ultrasound. Which, wow. You know, at, yeah, we've had a lot of people saying it was too early that you were doing it and it wasn't too early. So we had a lot of people fighting that. Eventually, we were able to get them, but it was actually a huge fight because they didn't want, they know the power. The medical industry, they know the power yes. of the ultrasound. Planned mm -hmm. Parenthood knows the power of the ultrasound. They don't allow mm -hmm. the people having abortions to see the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. they, don't, mm -hmm. they don't even allow their staff to see the ultrasound, the yeah. people that work in Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. And, and we know, uh, many of our listeners will be familiar, that that was the turning point for Abby Johnson. Like, that's what yes. happened, her having the opportunity to see this baby and, and to realize the, the horror of what she was actually doing and participating mm -hmm. in. Yes. And so just imagine for the mom who's afraid, who's, who's alone, you know, but yes. having the opportunity to see um, the decision that she is faced with, that it's not just a procedure, that it actually is a person. I want to go back to um, a little bit of the logistics, Joyce, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. because... Sure. Uh, preborn is not a crisis pregnancy center, correct? Correct. We're sort of the umbrella that we have. We're, uh, we've worked with like hundreds of them, but we have 61 partner clinics that we directly manage and help and support. Mm -hmm. But we started out zero. So this is over. I've been with them 10 years now volunteering to do this because it's a calling for me. Mm -hmm. and but, you know, that's, it's been a long journey. That for, from nothing to where God has taken us mm -hmm. to try to unify the centers. Really, that was a vision like almost a decade ago, really. Wow. Like, can we not com you know, unify everybody? Yeah. Like you were saying before, the Christians, let's come together. That's what, uh, for anything. And I yeah. totally agree with everything you just said. I yeah. absolutely agree about the mashed potatoes and absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah it's so true it's so true because i we i used to always say when we were asking for funding and sponsorships and ultra free ultrasounds from people like the christians are called the sleeping giant yes there that's right millions of us yes. millions there's 330 million people in the country mm -hmm. and around the world even more right mm -hmm. so you know but it there are millions and they're just afraid and a lot of times mushy like that and mm -hmm. if we just if we come together, we are a formidable voice. That's right. Yeah. It's really true. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is so true. So, mm -hmm. so Joyce, take us kind of into um, this process. Like, describe for us what happens when a, a woman comes into a center. And in some cases, we know that women who go into crisis pregnancy centers are expecting to get maybe even advice on abortions. Like, they don't really know where they've ended up in, in some cases. Um, but what happens with the Ministry of Preborn? So they go in, because I know that not only do they receive these ultrasounds, but they also receive counseling and the opportunity to hear the gospel. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, I used to be a pregnancy care center counselor myself mm -hmm. years ago, and it's, it was a volunteer uh, love of mine. And these women, they're, a lot of them volunteer. They're trained for prenatal help, and they're also uh, evangelism. We have, we have something called The Invitation with June Hunt, um, mm -hmm. helping to do that, to organize and 
give training with the president of Preborn. And this has given us like over 400% increase in people accepting Christ last wow. year. Wow. Because a lot of people don't know how just to let the Holy Spirit lead you to, mm -hmm. to present the gospel and ask them, do you want to receive Christ? And it's a huge focus for us because we know this will change the culture. That's, it will change everything if they accept That's Jesus right. Christ as their Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. But then also the compassion, like free uh, food, uh, maternity clothes, cribs, after the baby. Did we lose Joyce? Oh, man. Okay, we'll get Joyce back on. But I love where she's going with this because one of the things I was thinking, even as she was speaking, is that, you know, if, if a woman decides not to abort her baby, this is a wonderful thing, right? She has saved the life of her child. But what after this? What then happens? And this is where, in addition to her making a decision not to abort her child, um, the reception of the gospel becomes vitally important that not only does this mom receive the Lord Jesus Christ and thereby eternal life, but mm -hmm. she now, you would imagine, is going to pass the same gospel on to the child whose life she just refused to take, right? Yeah. And so you think about the proliferation of the gospel, but in addition to that, Let's talk about the discipline of being a Christian, because if this if this woman receives the gospel, then we might argue she won't be in this position again. Right. Because there is going to be the expectation of not only holy living, but a biblical worldview of the joy and the blessing that children are. Yeah. And I think it's so important for us to understand in our work that it's great for us to be activists. And in many instances, um, you know, there's a lot of work that's happening, but if we separate that work mm. from the gospel, in some instances, we have to just continue doing the work. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. the behavior and even the feelings don't change. And I think that's why the ministry of preborn is so important. It's not just the work, but it is also coupled with a clear presentation of the gospel. So that in essentially what you're saying is we want to so present the gospel that we are not necessary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That we don't have to keep doing this. Uh, preborn centers, by the way, have counseled over 385,000 women considering abortion. More than 150,000 babies' lives have been saved, and more than 49,000 women, more than 49,000 wow. women have surrendered their lives to Christ. This is amazing. Right. And we have an opportunity to participate in that. We have a, an opportunity to share in that joy by supporting this incredible work. It gives feet to our frustration, right? For many of us, um, it may not be an option for us to go outside an abortion clinic, may not be an option for us to do some of the things that we would like to do. But this, I think, is is within reach of many of our listeners. So your mm -hmm. gift of $28 provides one woman seeking an abortion with a free ultrasound. Um, of course, this, this mom, um, according to the statistics, 80% of the women who see their babies on an ultrasound choose life. I mean, those... That's some pretty high odds, right, of, of saving a life. So $28 does that. $140 provides five free ultrasound sessions, reaching five women with the message of life. And again, what are the odds? 80% of the time when a mom sees her baby on an ultrasound, she will choose life, which just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it makes sense that if you can see that your baby is there moving around. You can see that your baby is there and not just, you know, what we've been told part of a procedure, if mentioned at all, 
then of course you would make the decision to choose mm-hmm. life. There are two ways for our listeners to give and partner with the Ministry of Preborn, and I'll give you those ways right now. The number is 877-616-2396. 877-616-2396. Or you can donate online by going to AFR.net. AFR.net. Unfortunately, Will the Great, I, you know, you never want to be like doom and gloom, but mm-hmm. I imagine that the service that uh, Preborn provides, um, there will be a greater need as we approach the next few Man. years. Yeah. Um, maybe Joyce can tell us a little bit about that. We know that um, a lot of the work that was done in the last four years to um, try to stifle the growth, if you will, mm-hmm. of uh, Planned Parenthood. Right. Um, we could see a lot of that stuff undermined in the next four years. Uh, we hope that that's not true, but it's quite possible. I will say this, it makes the ministry and the work of preborn yeah. that much more important. Joyce, would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. You know, it was, it, we were, it was always an uphill battle, and then it was a downhill battle the last four years, and now it, it can be very discouraging, right, again, to feel like, mm-hmm. oh, such opposition. But you have to do what God called you to do, like you say mm-hmm. about not being the mashed potatoes type of Christian. Mm-hmm. You do have to stand up for mm-hmm. what is right. And yes, it's scary when everybody's telling you what you can and cannot say, but you have to do what God wants you to do and not Amen. be a man. Even if, even if it means your life, mm-hmm. really, we would be rewarded in heaven. We would be in heaven anyway, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, mm-hmm. it, it would be a wonderful, a wonderful reward to be there. So, I mean, it's a scary thought for a lot of people to stand up for Christ, but, you know, it's scarier to not, to, to disobey God for mm-hmm. what pleases him. That's right. So, so I'm wondering, Joyce, you know, even as we look ahead um, in the years that are to come, you know, I would imagine that this is where your ministry has an incredible opportunity and probably a need for expansion, a need for growth. And this is where the support of our listeners um, becomes really vital, does it not? Yes, because we are growing kind of rapidly since the last four years, because mm-hmm. we have 61 partner clinics that we manage. And, we, you know, it, this is incredible, too. We do need the money to help support all of them. Basically, mm-hmm. we're getting the money from you to them. And we are privately funded through donors, so our operating costs are not provided by the people. The people are for their centers. And wow. that's what they ask us. Could you help us with this and that? And they're on shoestring budgets, a lot of them, honestly. And yeah. So it's just connecting the people with them. And, uh, and we can't do it without this kind of provision. Honestly, we cannot. And it's amazing. I just want to make sure that our listeners know that 100% of their donation will go directly to the pregnancy centers providing the ultrasound. So there is nothing skimmed off. This all goes to the work that is so vital and so important and probably increasingly so um, in the years ahead. So let us be about this work. Let us do what it is that we can do. Um, Again, there are two ways for you to give to the Ministry of Preborn. Remember, your gift of $28 provides one ultrasound. $140 provides five free ultrasounds and the gospel is preached the gospel is preached 877-616-2396 that's 877-616-2396 
or if it's more convenient for you to give online, you can do that as well by going to AFR.net, AFR.net. Um, if ever there was a worthwhile ministry, I'm thinking as we move ahead, this one is one. All right, we'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Our Father, which art in heaven, yeah, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's the Walls Group with the prayer. I want to hear from our listeners. I, I wanted to finish up just a little bit more of the content yesterday that we didn't get to, but I want to hear from our listeners. So in the time that it takes Sherry B to queue up some of your calls, um, you can comment on what we talked about yesterday and comment on what we talked about today. Um, I just I think this is healthy and it's really good for believers to be able to talk openly about what is going on and to ask questions of one another and I would say provide biblical answers to those questions. So mm-hmm. if you want to talk to us, you can 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And our sister Sherry B is over in studio CC and she'll take your call. Yesterday we were talking about bracing for impact, talking about uh, the ramping up of the persecution of the church in America, um, what that might look like. And then also talking about the fact that we've been here before, Um, we, you know, the church has never existed in safety and yet the gospel still spread. And and we Mm. know that to be true because it reached us. Mm. Right. And so in peril, um, in trauma, uh, the gospel still got to us. And and yesterday I started talking about, um, the early church and the fierce persecution that the church faced. And I saw a lot of parallels, you know, as I read church history, I saw a lot of parallels, uh, between what Rome did to Christians and what our current American context seeks to do to Christians. It may yeah. not be as overt as what I'm pointing out, but I mean, it's the one enemy. Right. You know what I mean? So right. he doesn't, I mean, you know, it's the one enemy. So all of it, to some extent, should bear his markings. You should be able to say, oh man, yeah, no <laughs> wonder it looks like we've seen this before because it's the one enemy of the cross. Right. It's the one enemy right. at work. And so anyway, I was talking about the early church and talking about how uh, you know, under Roman rule, the Christians didn't claim Caesar as God. They didn't worship multiple gods like the Romans, so they were called intolerant. They didn't worship idols, so they were actually seen as atheists. Um, they wouldn't participate in the collective worship of idols, so they were perceived as haters of their fellow man. And why? And, and this is important. The hater of their fellow man was perceived of the Christian because this collective worship of all these idols was so that the anger of any one of those gods would not befall the Mm. Romans. You understand? So we need to make sure that we appease the gods and and the Christians. And this is why whenever there was a flood or whenever there was an earthquake or something happened that seemed to be of a natural design, the Romans, right? these, These polytheistic people would say, the Christians, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was it was either Tertullian or Athanasius. I can't remember which one, but one of one of these early church fathers, if you will, um, made the claim that you know this is why whenever something like this happens, it's the Christians to the gallows. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so so anyways, uh, not the gallows to the arenas or to the dogs. Is I think what he said. And I can't remember which one it was. Uh, forgive me, I should. But my, here's my point. Here's my point. 
We as believers right now, you have to remember what Paul Washer said. We played the clip a few times here. He said that our suffering will not be noble. Mm. And the only way you get to the place where your suffering is not noble is that you turn an entire society against the Christians. Yeah. So for Rome, it was the Christians don't worship our God. And so then the gods are judging us. Right. And so this is why we're suffering. So we've got to appease the gods. The Christians have got to go. The Christians have got to die. Mm. Um, you'll see that manifested in different ways in 21st century America. Let me finish this up and then we'll go to the phone lines. Um, when we're talking about the persecution that Christians suffered as a result of all of these things, if a Christian refused to do, to do this, right, refused to acknowledge Caesar as Lord or to say that Caesar is Lord, refused to gather and worship all of these other different gods, um, the Christians suffered immense persecution around 303 AD. The harshest emperor that the empire had known to that point, Diocletian, issued four edicts which were meant to stop the explosion of Christianity throughout the empire. In fact, Diocletian's own wife and daughters were believers and he was having none of that. So his aim was to snuff out Christianity. So now I want you to think about this and the four edicts, and I'm going to read to you what his edicts were. Okay. And I want you to think about this in light of where we are in America today. Number one, all church buildings were to be destroyed. Those were the ones that would pop up during the times of peace. Right. Um, by and large, Christians were meeting house to house, but periodically they would erect these churches when they would have like a kind of a favorable emperor, you know, and they could operate a little more freely. Mm -hmm. All church buildings were to be destroyed. All Christian books were to be destroyed and all believers were to be removed from governmental positions and from the army, from their military. Wow. Think about think wow. about that. All right. Number three, all clergy were to be imprisoned. And all Christians were to offer sacrifices to pagan deities. Now, why does that become important? Like if you round up the Christians, if you, you know, and for, and for Christians who refused to do this, they lost their citizenship. Okay. They were outside of the protection of the law. They were enslaved or forced into labor. Mm -hmm. They were beheaded or devoured by wild beasts in the arena. All right. And, and, and think about what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Nigeria. Some Christians were assembled in their churches, which were then set on fire with mm -hmm. all the worshipers inside. Again, you can see that this kind of thing is happening even today right. in Nigeria. So think about this and then we'll go to the phone lines. Why, why does it matter if you're going to make the Christians suffer? If you're going to exclude the Christian from common society, from common culture, why do you then need the Christian also to, to offer sacrifices to a pagan deity. Like if you're going to, if you're going to make the Christian second class anyway, why still? Because it's not about the Christian being able to honor the Lord and do it privately in a way it's no agree with us. Say what we say. This is why this national association of realtors who say even your mm. public and private speech, we're going to control. Yeah. Because we need you to agree with us. Say what it is that we are saying. Yeah. All right. Will the great, shall we go to the phones? All right. Let's go to Suzanne. Uh, Susan in Ohio. That's Susan. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Um, I've only listened to your show a few times. I heard you, I think, was it Friday? You were talking about human trafficking, which was really good. Um, how many women are actually in America? 
And how is it that there's 42 million abortions when everyone's supposed to be quarantined? <laughs> I don't understand those numbers. Now, let me, I, I don't know the number of women um, in, the, in the United States, uh, but I will tell you this, the, the 42 million, that's the worldwide statistic. That's the worldwide. So it's not just, that's not just in the United States of America. That's in the world. In 2020, there's 42 plus million abortions that took place. Uh, which still is an astonishing number, um, 860,000 um, in the United States in a yeah. year. And so, I mean, which you is know, still... it's still astounding, especially considering the fact that, as Susan points out, we're supposed to be quarantined. So exactly. uh, somebody fast with the facts can look up and tell me uh, how, how many, many women, women in the are States? in the United States of America. That'd be a good number. And then I think you'd also have to know how many women in America of childbearing age. So you got to be really fast with your facts. And call in and let us know. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Uh, Will the Great, where do we go next? Uh, Robert in Maryland. Hi, Robert. Hi. I just had a comment. Uh, you know, we're supposed to feel, you know, I'm against the uh, what happened at the White House. You know, but, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we're supposed to feel sorry for the politicians because how scared they were. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think they really had anything to be scared of, but uh, maybe that was just an example of how we're not to defund the police. Okay, we we defunded the police at the Capitol building that day. Okay, and this is just an example of what it's to be like. And then this summer, we all the politicians, most of them approved of you know, the Antifa and them burning mm-hmm. down the cities and yeah. everything else. Yeah, you know they they praised them how told them how intelligent the antique people were, uh, and uh, now they had a little just a little taste of what they these people felt like in their hometown. You know, at nighttime people burning, mobs, but they wasn't concerned about them them at all. Okay, that's just my opinion. Yeah, Robert, thank you you so much for your call. I appreciate your call. Let me just say this. It's just sad in all of our heart um, that, you know, when we see lawlessness of any sort anywhere at Mm -hmm. any time, it should sadden our heart. I think that Robert makes a great point here um, when you talk about the great need that we have for the men and women of the law enforcement community. Um, That's not something that's negotiable. That's not something that is an option. Um, I think that he's making an excellent point there. But I would just say this, you know, as we as we observe and and look at all that is going on, it's so important for the Christian. And I speak as a Christian. That's my first chief foremost identity. I speak as a Christian. Right. And we did a whole show on this, Mm -hmm. by the way. You can't keep lawlessness as a pet. You can't. You you don't get to control lawlessness and say, oh, but just come this far. Just do this. Just do do that. There is no lawlessness that a believer should ever celebrate or revel in or joy in or be satisfied with. Not not in any sense of the word, because remember, just as we were looking at these things this summer, we're outraged over the lawlessness, over the lawlessness. And that's the thing that should grieve us. Remember. Nearing the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the kind of thing that would be ramped up. This is the kind of thing that we were told that we should be watching for, mm-hmm. that there would be an increase in lawlessness. So we, we don't, we don't want to hasten that, you know? Right. Well, you, you know what I mean? We want the Lord to return, right? But, not, but yeah, we, don't we don't want lawlessness. Yeah. 
Like you understand what I'm saying? That's right. And certainly we don't want to be perpetrators of it. Right. Under any type of under any guys like, right. you know. Right. And so anyway, I, I appreciate um, Robert's call. But I just wanted to say that and make sure to make that clear. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to talk to us, you can do that. My call is for the Christians to brace for impact. Yeah. My call for the Christians is to make sure you know the gospel. If you say you believe the gospel, live like you believe the gospel and share the gospel. That is the only way we get ourselves out of the situation that we're in. I want to go back to this presentation. I want to share this here. And will the great, when we get a call queued up, you let me know and, okay. and I won't keep them holding on. All right. The spirit at work to threaten and intimidate Christians in the early years of the church is at work in our culture today to threaten and intimidate Christians who live authentic lives. Mm. Think of the stories we covered yesterday. Think of the story in the first segment. Now, if you're content to establish a new way to engage the culture around you, <laughs> then you're not You're going to come out unscathed by the current forms of persecution. Right. But, but if you are going to maintain fidelity to scripture, you will be a threat. And as a threat, persecution will always be at your heels. It's not, you know, we've, we've been living with this soft persecution and, and people say, well, what do you mean when you say soft persecution? Well, you think about, you know, the Christian trying to educate their kid where, where your kid is told you got to check Jesus at the door, right? Like that's, that's, that's a, that's a push and that's a squeeze on the Christian. It's like you, you can't bring your authentic self here. Hmm. You have to, you have to check that portion of yourself at the door. But here is my encouragement. Christians must hold the line. That's right. We must hold the line. We don't move the line. We, you know, either forward <laughs> or backward. Right. All right. We must hold the line. And what does that look like? What, what does that look like? We have the scriptures to prepare our minds for battle. Our battle is not with our fists. Our battle is not with our fists. That's right. We remember that the gospel has never existed in safety. Mm -hmm. The enemy has always sought to snuff out the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This, this is the truth of the gospel that we preach. And I'm going to tell you something for parents and for grandparents, make sure that your kids not only know the gospel, but make sure that they can clearly articulate the gospel because in the days that are ahead of us, this is going to have to be the cry of the Christian. In order for these things to stop, what we see happening around us, mm -hmm. in order for it to stop, man will have to be reconciled to God. Yeah. What we see is evidence of rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no what, other way. Come on. There's no other way. And you're right about, you know, uh, understanding the gospel, being able to articulate it and, and under, understand and know the times that we're, we're living in. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's of the utmost importance that we have to hand that down to our children. You know, the ones who are following Christ, make sure they know what they believe. Yes. You know, because if not, you know, these times uh, a lot of shaking will, will take place. Yes, that's so true. I used to say a while back and I kind of moved away from it that, you know, in the turbulent times, that we're living in, um, we have to do what we're instructed to do on um, airplanes. You know, they say, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the event, you know, your 
your mask is going to fall from the ceiling. Secure your mask first. Right. And then secure the mask of the person next to you if there's someone who needs your help. That's what we have to do. We've got to make sure that we are convinced and that we're sure about what we believe. And then we've got to make sure that we turn back and strengthen our brother and our sister. We're not living in a vacuum. We've got to encourage one another. And this is not coming from a judgmental or critical place, but we've got to encourage one another that we all stand on the same truth. That's right. All right. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.